interesting because you know sheepish is our sheepish is it's actually kind of the perfect pillow hi i'm jen mason and this is curdcast the podcast for people who like to eat cheese and i'm with my co-host julie fafan balzer hi julie hi jen i'm so glad you made it julie's been driving behind a student driver who stopped at every yellow light i mean good for you you're supposed to stop at yellow lights but this is massachusetts yellow means go faster <laughs> I still have to teach both my girls that. <laughs> so um, this month's theme of Curdbox is sheepish, and I'm super excited to see what you think about this box. And we're just like, we're thinking Curdbox all day, every day at work, because we're getting ready to launch a Kickstarter. And for those of you who are listening, who happened upon this podcast um, and don't know what Curdbox is, Curdbox is a cheese and pairing subscription box. It's delivered to your house every month. But right now, only if you live in five New England states. So we're launching our Kickstarter so you can take it to the whole country. And all of my friends and family in Michigan can finally get one. Well, I never realized all the technicalities with shipping cheese because... It's so technical. Well, obviously, it's like certain things, certain temperatures, different foods. So it's very complicated. But we've figured out, I think, all of the secrets. And we're super excited. And we've been sending them out to people and influencers uh, who have been trying them out and telling people about them. So... Anyways, we're doing that all um, all day, every day. But today, I get to stop and take a break and eat cheese with you, which is Yay! amazing how little I get to stop and eat cheese when I work in a cheese store. Well, you know, the cobbler's kids have no right? shoes. I know. My poor husband <laughs> never gets any cheese. So we are going to start um, with our cheeses like we do every time. For those of you who haven't been to a podcast before, um, we eat through the cheeses, we try the pairings, and then we go crazy and find out what we think we like best. Uh, what we talked about in our last podcast, because people kept asking, but what goes with what? And the answer is, everything in the box is meant to go together. This is one story every time we do it, and you should be able to eat all the cheeses with all the pairings. You're going to like some things better than others, and the people who are eating it with you, if you share, will like different things, because we share. all have different palates, right? <laughs> so let's start, um, and on our tray, we're going to start with the lightest color cheese today, which is this guy here. And um, you can go ahead and try it. Okay, I'm excited. I will say just from a look, yes. it looks like, I mean, because I don't know what this is, but it looks like a Swiss because I associate any mm. cheese that has holes in it with yeah. being a Swiss. It is not a Swiss. Mm. It is a Manchego. Mm. And it is a very young Manchego. This is a four-month Manchego. And you uh, had family who had a house in Spain, Yes. Correct? So did you ever notice that, so one, I'm going to guess you've had Manchego in Spain, mm. right? Because a lot of places bring out the cheese plate for the... Um, the tomato bread. Uh, the two things I remember. I'm not sure I could have told you it was Manchego, but I did have uh, cheese in Spain, so I assume. So what I would ask when I would go is like, what is this cheese? It's very light colored and and soft and um, it's crumbly, but um, more more. Um, what I would say is for a young cheese, I think of young cheese as being like more waxy, but it's yeah, not. It's this not is like has a lot of flavor, a lot of salt, a lot of. Um, Can you taste sour cream? 100% it has a yeah. creaminess. That's Isn't interesting that, that you said that. I don't think I would have been able to pull that, but now that you say it, yeah. yes. When we were putting together the, um, we were trying to explain, how do you tell people how, because I'm going to give away, spoiler alert, the next cheese is also Manchego. What? I know, but there's a reason for it. Okay. And it's not just because we're boring and can't think of something else, but. Is it because Manchego is fun to say? It is. Oh, yes. And by the way, so you can always be the smartest person in the room. It's Manchego and not Manchego. 
Um, and we get a lot of people who come in and ask for Manchego with, the, with another N in it at the end. Manchego. So, so it's a sheep's milk cheese, and this is mm-hmm. only four months old, so they also call it Manchego uh, semi-curado. So well, again, young, like when semi-cured. you eat it, it's like, so you know my predilection, uh, I, I do not particularly like hard cheeses in yes. general, but you've been changing, changing my mind. I changing your mind you one my box mind. at a time. I guess I just don't like cubes of hard cheese that yes. you find on a cheese plate. But what I was going to say is, so this cheese, what's interesting about it, and where the sour cream thing comes in for me is that once you start to bite it mm-hmm. it gets creamy in your mouth really and that's does. when that like the umami of it really comes out like it's a very yeah. mouth filling cheese for it lack is. of a better term it is and the funny thing is is that um when i was in spain last year i kept asking people what is this cheese and they kept telling me it was manchego and i was like no it's not manchego is much harder much cr- much uh more nugget crumbly mm-hmm. and uh, but Obviously, it makes sense. They have it younger where it's made, and by the time it gets over here to us, we usually get it. Um, and in our store, we usually sell a twelve month mm-hmm. or fourteen month. Or in this case, because we really wanted our we we added another cheese, we added the same cheese, the same manufacturer, the same recipe. It's just an eighteen month version. Whoa! So how, wait, so how old is this one? Four months and eighteen months. And are these made? Is this made in America? Is that why? No, nope, this is this so this is from Spain. It is from Spain. Interesting. So you you ripped it from its little. I first, did, uh, and we can beginning. get it here, but mm-hmm. I think it probably over time has gotten easier and easier to get younger cheese here, just because of how we can transport things. Um, but oh, I here's think, my oh sorry, I was going to say my secondary question yes, is sure. if I leave this in my refrigerator. Does it become the 18th? Um, it will get harder, but because it's already been cut and doesn't have that protective um, sort of edible uh, surface on the outside, it's not in the perfect plate. Uh, it will get as it'll get harder like this, but it probably won't taste the so same. So you can't age like if you buy a bottle of port or something, you can put it in your basement and store mm-hmm. it, and like it ages, and you don't need the barrel. Mm-hmm. But this is like no, you actually would need the full cheese. You can't age cheese by yourself. I guess is what I'm I, saying. I you know. Aging cheese that has already been cut would yes. be difficult. There is okay. um, there is a tool out there called a cheese grotto um, that is like a countertop little um, cheese cave um, that you could do, and you could get small wheels and age them. Um, a lot of stores do that. We work with producers and distributors who get us cheese at the right uh, age when we want them, but sometimes you would get a brie, you get a whole bunch of brie, and they're they're not like all squishy yet. Mm-hmm. You want them to be squishy, so you would put them in your back cave. Let them get all ripe, and, and right. like when you cut it open, they just pour out. So it's the fancy paper bag I use for fruit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> fancy paper bag. And, you know, basically cheese is bad when it doesn't taste good anymore, when it's like mm-hmm. when it becomes something that it shouldn't be, like slimy. Or even if there gets a little mold, which it does. I mean, all these cheeses, cheese, mold and cheese are friends. But sometimes you get somewhere you don't want it and just cut it off. And if the cheese still tastes good, you still like it, then it's a good one. Sometimes people don't like the way it changes. And sometimes a cheese only gets aged if it passes a test. So they will, a cheese maker will taste a cheese and say, this has the profile that we know, and they know they have, a, they have good taste testers who taste it and say, when we age this cheese, it tastes good. They might taste one, they're like, ooh, I'm just getting the hint of a bitter mm-hmm. or a hint of something that will only be, is fine right now, but will only get worse and magnified in a bad way if we age it. So... Um, a lot of times, and I'm sure it happens here, it happens with cheddar, it happens with um, a bunch of different things. They taste the cheeses and say, pretty much, this one's going to get aged, this one is done. This one's going to get aged, this one's That's done. That's interesting. Yeah, because you can get, um, we have a cheddar in our case, it's the Quebec seven-year cheddar, and we've actually gotten it, and it's been nine years old. 
Um, but you know, it's gotta, it's really gotta be worth aging. It's gotta be worth the storage and the waiting time and all that stuff to really be different. So why don't you go ahead and give our... So this is the same cheese. Same exact cheese. It looks so different. And now I can tell you about both. So the maker of this... It smells so different. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, this almost smells like a Parmesan, and it's certainly a darker color and... Anyway, okay, yeah. go ahead. So these, both of these uh, manchegos are made la, by La Queseria uh, Artisana, Artisana, sorry. Um, and they uh, they fall into our friendly and flexible category. So they fall into the same category as the cheddar and the Gouda. They're made totally different, but they fall into the, the category. Um, it is pasteurized. Um, what does that mean? It means if you had a recipe for this that was also made raw, the flavor would last a little longer. Um, but otherwise, it's it's um, it's a cheese that we all know and love. Lots of different places are making it, but this is a great example to be able to do a taste test with them right next to each other. Do you taste sour cream now? No. Right? My mind is blown that this is the same cheese. Like, I think that you're lying with me and that you're messing with me right now. I would Because it really... The texture in the mouth is significantly grainier, mm-hmm. not in an unpleasant way, mm-hmm. but just the cheese seems to fall apart in your mouth into mm-hmm. bits instead of sort of melting into your mm-hmm. mouth. There is still the mouth fullness at mm-hmm. the end when you're on it. It has a significantly stronger flavor. I think the salt mm-hmm. has definitely increased in tasting it, and it is more like a Parmesan to me somehow. Very much. Um and it's a little saltier. So, mm-hmm. like we said, why would they age this one? Because they like the flavors that were in the young one. I'm pointing to the young one and none of you can see it. Um, I can see it. They like the, the flavors that are going on in the young one. And so they age it to intensify those flavors. So if you can taste a little salt in the young one, you're going to get a lot more salt in the old one. And we're talking sheep cheese. Sheep cheese is inherently a saltier cheese. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means salt milk just has more cheese. I mean, salt milk. <laughs> Sheep milk has more salt in it than other. Um, you know, I would. I can't answer that for sure, but I would assume it does. I would sure assume it does. Uh, it could be because of their diet. I mm-hmm. assume it's probably question. It's all the grass that they diet. eat. Yeah, but it's so sheep's milk. So if you've made the same exact recipe, like take this much milk put these things in it which are um the cultures put mm-hmm. this rennet in it and the rennet is the thing that coagulates it and then do the same exact thing to it scoop it cut it mold it all the same way and you do it with one with sheep one with cow one with goat the goat is going to be super tangy um lemony um it could be a little more gamey mm-hmm. um Gaminess kind of has to do with also how they're keeping the animals. From what I've heard at a visit to a cheese-making goat farm, was that sometimes when you get the really gamey goat cheese, Mm -hmm. um, it's because the male goats were kept with the female goats and there's hormones Mm. going on that is changing the milk. By the way, have you heard about the goat thefts in California? I did not. Just as a side note. Everybody go Google goat thefts in California. California. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go find that out. Um, I hope it's not from the farm I was at because it was in California. Um, and so the goat's milk will be tangier, lemony. It will be whiter. It will hmm. be almost bright white uh, compared to the other ones. The cow's milk will be creamier in your mouth. Like, it'll feel more melty. This is um, why we drink cow's milk more yeah. often than goat or sheep milk. Huh. And also, it's easier to milk cows than sheep and goats. They're smaller creatures. You can milk right. them a lot. Um, and then a sheep's milk will be saltier. And sheep's milk is... So sheep are... Uh, I love sheep milk cheese. It, 
always love it. Um, I like oh, I like salty things. Me so too. I think that's why I like it. But um, that's so interesting because it means now that this is kind of like learning about wines mm-hmm. in, in in the same way that like now I feel like I could go somewhere and be like, I think this is a sheep milk just by tasting it. Mm-hmm. I think this is a goat milk. Exactly. I think this is a – that's interesting. And you can't be wrong, of course, because there's things obviously that cross right. over. But that's a great starting set is just to know that like super creamy, generally cows, a little bit more tangy mm-hmm. is going to be goat, and then something that's salty is going to tend to be yeah. our sheep. I and love that like as a cheese sheep. The other thing you can do with that information is go to your cheesemonger and say – let me try some of your sheep's milk cheese and use that opportunity to try four or five cheeses at once with like, oh, now that I learned something new, you know, um, I can experiment there. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So we've got another sheep's milk cheese and it is not a Manchego, although we could have gotten you three different flavors. So this next one is called Tom Saint-Georges and it is French. It smells the least strong of all of them. Mm -hmm. I always smell before I eat. Yep. That's good. Mm. Ooh, it's super creamy. Mm-hmm. And from the looks of it, it doesn't. So we're looking at the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the old Manchego looks a little like it's going to be crumbly, but mm-hmm. they all look very similar. This is insanely creamy. Like almost like I feel like this little slice of cheese that I have, mm-hmm. like it's not overwhelming. That's the wrong word, but it is like it's rich. The same way you would mm-hmm. say about like a chocolate cake. That, like, I can only have a few bites of the chocolate mm-hmm. cake because it's so rich. Like this is an intentionally rich cheese. Like I don't think I could just like gnaw at a hunk of it whereas i'm pretty sure i could eat as much brie as a human can eat in like well, one sitting i think when we get to our pairings i will cut some you're gonna that. see we're gonna have some that'll add and some that'll cut and i think that'll be what determines makes you determine what you like best for pairings in here so um this is french this is by a company called lactalis um they are actually a specialty importer um or exporter they export to the americas um and um, it's in a, it's um, let's see, super semi firm. It's super smooth. It's got a little bit of fruity flavor. Mm. A little bit. The word semi firm is interesting to me. Yeah. Because it looks like a hard cheese. Mm-hmm. You pick it up and touch it. It's a hard cheese. But somehow in my mouth, yeah. my brain is like, this is a soft, spreadable cheese. Right. And I feel like that's where semi hard comes in. Is mm-hmm. that. It kind of, I don't think you could spread this on a cracker. You'd probably break the cracker in half. Right. But in your mouth, when you bite it, it has the same effect as a spread cheese. Yes, definitely. And, you know, this is, again, we're doing this at room temperature. It's been out for an hour. And this um, is perfect. If you ate this cold out of the refrigerator, it would be much harder. Mm. If you think about, like, butter. What happens to butter? Is there a limit on, like, so I know you always say, like, Mm -hmm. leave it out for an hour Mm -hmm. or let it sit. Like, but if I'm having a party, do I want to just put it from the fridge onto the table? Or do I want to have it out for an hour because it's okay if it sits for another four or five? Do you know what I'm saying? It it depends on the cheese. Something really young, fresh, and fragile, like a goat's milk cheese, you wouldn't want sitting out for six hours. But four hours with really any cheese is fine. Um, If you were doing something like a chef, because maybe you had like a five-hour cocktail party, I would just do it in two batches and like two hours in, you know, just right. do enough for people so to get it, Plus so it looks it... nicer too, because you take out the one that everybody massacred and you put in a mm. fresh one and you're like, nope, didn't anybody try this? I'm going to try it now. And you're two hours into the party and you look magical. So or just as a rule of thumb, is it generally like the harder the cheese, mm-hmm. the more longer, the more longer? Yep. Gosh, my grasp of English today. <laughs> it's the, 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 the longer you can leave it out and sort of the softer the cheese, yep. the sort of briefer. The wetter it okay. is. 
Okay, that's a good that's a good rule of thumb. I'm learning so much on this curd cast today. It's so great. Okay, very educated. So we have three cheeses, um, all incredibly different. Even though two of them are the exact same cheese, it's just one is the older sister. It's the difference between you and me. Uh, One is just aged. I'm so old. (laughs) Yes, and you're more talented. But you know, between the two, you one is creamier, one is nuttier. (laughs) You get to decide which is which. (laughs) Well, you can decide after this podcast. Um, Okay, so let's start with um, this little pot of honey. I was going to say, have. it says Patagonia bee products on it. And immediately I was like, bee products? Yeah. It's honey. It's honey. It's um, It comes from Atlas Eats. Um, they partner with a women-run beekeeping cooperative. Um, they're actually, this honey came from the rainforest of Patagonia. Ooh. It's a raw honey. So oh, yeah. It says, uh, Co-op Mielas del Sur, fruit, Frutiar Chile. All right. Well, you get to do all the Spanish words now, and I will still stick with my sign language, <laughs> which nobody can see on the podcast. Um, so the company is based in Arkansas, but it's it's a cooperative. So they they get the um, honey. Um, it's a raw honey, and which is a good thing to know because when you get a jar like this, and actually our um, our curd box people might get a jar, and this might be like a spread when they get it. Mm. Mine actually was like a spread, and I put it in the microwave for seven um, So wait, seconds. you put it in the microwave for seven seconds, and it's been sitting out, and yep. it hasn't changed back to... It hasn't to... changed back. It's just the nature of a raw milk, so it hasn't been pasteurized. It has. I don't know what that means, but I know our raw honeys, um, if you ever have a honey that's crystallized, don't throw it away. Just go stick it in the microwave, put it in a, you know some boiling water you know, in its container. Um, and I took the top off of it. Right, obviously. I assume it's a metal top, so that's probably a good And it was perfectly creamy. But it's just the nature of of having all the goodness that's in a raw honey. Um, um, So anyways, these guys are, they call this hive to hand. So they they take it from the hive. There are a bunch of different people. And we've talked about honeys before where they they actually are moving bees around to different locations. Mm -hmm. And so those bees are making honey that tastes different. But this place just gathers the honey from different locations the bees stay there it's the rainforest they don't have to move anybody for the weather or anything um i think um it's it's great that it's a um, woman-run business uh that there's woman-run beekeeping cooperative in here i love it when um we're finding other countries to help uh women yeah, you know, I, I mean, I was reading an interesting story. I mean, I think things are always divided along gender these days. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find ways in which it's not. But I was reading something about um, this woman from Africa who was saying, you know, she couldn't have, uh, her father wouldn't pay for her education because she was a girl. And that's mm-hmm. actually what led her to, like, you know, the job that she has now because she learned she had to fight for it and blah, blah, blah. And I do reali- I do think that we're very privileged in America not to realize how often that kind of stuff mm-hmm. happens regularly. Very much so. So because we had all hard cheeses, it's the box without crackers which lets us give up you the three other pairings. So you're going to have to eat the honey either on your finger or on a piece of I'll cheese. Just lick it off the cheese. But, yeah. Let me know what you think. So they make they have a bunch of different honeys based mm. on where they're grown. Mm. This mean, one is so floral mm. and a little citrus. Like I would actually say it's like citrus blossoms. I don't, yeah. you know, wouldn't say it's, it's definitely just like a floral honey. But so floral. Yeah. Really, really floral honey. And it has that granular quality, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's very intense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how sometimes you, like, when you have the honey bear? Yeah, I was going to say that. You need to squeeze a lot of that honey into your yogurt. Yeah, because it doesn't make a difference. I feel like this is a tiny jar, but it's very potent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really do. So it's an interesting thing. And, you know, people like different kinds of honeys. Um, I like floral honeys, um, which is interesting because I'm not a big floral. Like, I don't really care for things that are rose-scented, rose-flavored. No, me neither. I'm like those weird, like, lilac foods and stuff. I'm always like... Yeah, lilacs for my bathtub. Right. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to eat perfume. Actually, lavenders for my bathtub, but yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. But this one, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's that it's raw, maybe, but I definitely get that floral. Right. I don't feel like I'm eating perfume. Like yeah. I say floral, it's like but it's not that. like chamomile tea kind of floral, kind of. It's very, I mean, it's very pleasant. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, tea is a good thing. It almost feels like tea and sugar had a baby together. <laughs> that's a good, right? that's a good one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we're going to go from sweet to sour. And we're going to go to some pickles. And actually, it's um, sour and spicy. So our olives here um, are... Uh, Do olives count as pickles? I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense. But somehow, I think of olives and pickles as separate. Well, they're a sour right. flavor profile. And they are... They have That's a brine. I think of olives as bitter more than sour. Oh. Interesting. Maybe. Very interesting. Maybe that's what would you say a caper is? I would say a caper is intensely salty. <laughs> who cares after that yeah it is i mean i love capers yeah. i love olives i love yeah. all that stuff but it's just interesting because in my brain at least mm-hmm. i put like a pickle mm-hmm. in a separate category but they really are the same thing yeah. in a lot of ways i mean it's a preserved uh, in some way sort of item that gives you um i don't know it's very savory yeah, I think what it does, for me at least, is it's like olives, pickles, capers, they all have, they're intensely flavorful yeah. in a small package. Very so much. what you're getting is this like sharp moment yeah. in whatever you're eating. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so shall we dive into these? Have uh, They're Greek olives. Um, now let's be clear about your feelings like- about Olives, which have changed. Love olives. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think we said we had olives in the box once before, and I think we maybe told the story, but I I bought the cheese store and didn't like olives, but knew I was going to have to like olives. And so I went next door. Cuddy's Mm -hmm. is a little sandwich store. It's been on diners, drive-ins, and drives. And they make a spucky sandwich that has an egg, not eggplant, (laughs) not eggplant at all, Um, an olive and carrot sort of salad Mm. on it. And I just would eat that like every day, every other day until I like olives. And now I like Actually, olives. somebody once told me that exposure to certain foods does mm-hmm. make you like them. Like there's some rule like you have to try something 18 times before you like it. And you can convince yourself of almost anything, which explains yeah. alcohol for most people. Yeah. Well, I think um, I love things that are salty. Mm. I love things that are, I love capers. I love pickles. Mm-hmm. I love stuff. I love everything adjacent to olives. I think the problem was I grew up eating bad olives. Yeah, the ones like out of a can. The black and ones stuff. in the can yeah, that kids or the ones that come on fingers. pizza or yeah. like yes. Yeah. But so these are beautiful green olives. These are so nice. Uh, and what I like with these guys are, I mean, they're they are Greek olives, but for me, olives and Spanish food. We've got two Spanish cheeses. When I think of sheep's milk cheese, the first thing I think of is Spanish. Maybe it's because of the manchego, mm. but I'm really really love the salt with the salt right so pairings you can do opposites or likes mm-hmm. um so you can do sweet and salty but you can also do salty and salty and i think these are salty and salty and that little bit of bite is nice it's really nice i have to say you have the olives displayed in a beautiful little wooden bowl do you i know you sell some cheese like mm-hmm. serving things at the store do you sell these at the uh we sell very similar things this is something i've really had cute. for a long time i've been trying to find them for our store but very similar because i think people wonder when you're putting together a cheese plate with olives do you let the olives roll around the plate 
right? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's a beautiful solution that you've come up with. I wish you guys could see this. Uh, <laughs> but basically, Jen has a square blue plate, and she's arranged the cheese. There are some, you know, the honey, the third thing, which I'm going to keep you in suspension about, spread across the middle. And then the olives are in this beautiful bowl at the edge, and I think it's a really inviting way mm -hmm. to see them and so they don't feel kind of random. Right. And here's the other thing. I think there are people who do not like olives because mm. I was one of them two years ago and I would have like picked around everything that was not near Not the touching olives. it. Touching it. Because like you could ruin it for somebody. Mm -hmm. And why ruin it for somebody when you can just eat all the olives? That's actually an allergy thing too, which yeah. is sometimes I've noticed like I throw nuts onto a cheese plate right. all the time because it's easy. But yeah. honestly, there are enough people who are allergic to nuts that yeah. it's probably a kindness. Yeah. To put them in a bowl or a container of some kind and an excuse to buy Another dozens bowl. of cute little bowls. Or in your case, go take more ceramics classes. Yes, potty make... class. <laughs> One day I'm going to go with you. Um, or you could do what somebody yeah. did. Somebody, So my boyfriend and I are taking this class and somebody stole four of his bowls. <gasps> I know. Was he like so honored? Well, so he, he, at first he was devastated, right? And then he was like, I'm going to take it as a compliment. Yeah. I was like, okay, there you go. That is mm -hmm. great. Wow. That's an interesting thing. He's got to make uglier bowls next that's time. That's what I said. I said, look, nobody stole any of my stuff. <laughs> yeah. So this is a this is a Boston-based company. Um, so even though they're Greek olives, Boston-based, I love them. They make a bunch of other things. You're going to have to come to the store and try some like mm. stuffed cheese stuffed olives, which by the way... We should be stuffing some of these. Oh yeah, olives let's, with let's cheese stuff today. some cheese into these olives. I am going to take go. that really creamy one. What yes. was that called? That is the Tom Saint George. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stuff into the olive. I don't think I have that much skill, but I'm going to bite them at the same time. Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> I should have mm. made skinnier pieces, right? Or I just need to be more talented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is mm. the cheese that you thought was like, oh, it's almost like too. It's really rich. Almost it's like the rich. Alfredo effect, yeah. right? Mm. But when we cut it with a little chili flake olive? Not at all. It's perfect. In fact, mm -hmm. I only took half a piece of cheese at first into my mouth because I was like, this is going to be so rich. And then halfway through, I shoved the other <laughs> half in because the olive really did right. cut that. It's a lovely pairing. And I can totally see that would be that would be a really fun sandwich to make. You just put oh like a slice gosh. of cheese, put some chopped up olives in. So it would be delicious to do it. Mm. I can see it also like... You can actually do something warm where you could take like a cracker or a little piece of bread, mm -hmm. melt oh, yeah. that really nice cheese on it, and then throw the olive on oh, there yeah. and it would be like, like a little tapenade. Yeah. It would be really yeah. great. All right, now I'm really are, hungry. Are we cheese fantasizing? We are. I think we are. I think there's a cookie show after this. Um, okay, so we have one more and then we can do some more pairing and more shoving cheese and olives in our mouth. Yes. Um, so the next one comes from a company called Zeba Nuts. These are Shakur. Uh, Sorry, I'm going to say it right. Shakurbai almonds. Hmm. What does that mean? These are almonds from... Shakurbai or whatever that place is. Yes? Uh, no? no, that's the type of almond. Okay. Uh, they come from Kabul, Afghanistan. Interesting. How many foods do you get to eat from right. Afghanistan? You know, there used to be, I was used to say, there used to be an Afghani restaurant. And mm -hmm. I remember going when I was a kid and like my favorite part was that you got to eat with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> so great. So, um, and what I love about this one, 80% of the workforce at the Zeba factory are women. So, another. So, women. Just from a look. Company. Yes. I'm going to say these almonds do not look like the almonds that I'm used to. Right? So, they Dark are, they are uh, longer. Yep. They are slightly misshapen mm -hmm. more often than you see. Like, yep. that one's got a curve. Yep. They definitely look like they're salted because mm -hmm. they have that dusky appearance. Let's see. Mm. I thought they were going to be super salty, but they're not. 
And in fact, they have a different flavor. It's almost like they're not roasted or something. Mm -hmm. There's something about them where they're more raw feeling. There's definitely, they're they're almost sweeter. Mm. Um, And um, I think that that is part of it. I like the crunch on them. Mm. I feel like they might be even crunchier than like the normal almonds we're used to. Um, But they're not dried out in the same way. mm -hmm. Like my experience of biting into it is that there's something almost, this sounds so weird, but there's something almost like woody about biting into it. There's Mm -hmm. something very like, I don't know how to describe it. It's not... It's not a normal almond. Like, you know when you bite mm-hmm. it that it's not a normal almond. Something and these different. are roasted and they are salted, but the mm-hmm. salt, I think we, we've been eating a lot of salty things, so right. of the things we have on our table, they are both. I will also say my second almond just tasted different than my first almond, so. <laughs> I love how pretty There's they are. Too. They are. I just think, um, they look like little teardrops. Big teardrops, I guess. When your um, cheese plate is crying. They're like alligator teardrops. They're giant right. teardrops. Um, and I just think they're like almost flower petal looking, you know, in their gracefulness. I, I think they're really beautiful. So what you have to shove a nut into the <laughs> olive and then mush the cheese <laughs> all onto of the it. things. So again, this is what we're talking about. Things go with all the stuff in this goes with pretty much everything. I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to get you to try honey on an olive. Oh uh, baby, you're <laughs> sure? Let's do it because that sounds disgusting. All right, let's and try I'm that. in. Literally, I'm telling you right now, this sounds disgusting to okay. me. If you told me that I, I was going to put honey in and off, which I'm going to do, I'm going to try to pour a little bit of honey into the hole. Okay. That's going to be a ooh, that's a mess. But anyway, ready? Here we go. Oh god. <laughs> but we do say all the cheeses should pair with all the pairings. I don't know if we necessarily say all the pairings should go with everything, but what do you think? Weird. Weird. Shove a piece of cheese in your mouth with it. <laughs> I know, right? Weird. Not disgusting. <laughs> Not, like, awesome either. Sort of somewhere in the middle. Like, I would say there's a reason that honey-stuffed olives aren't a thing. Because, well, they're at two extremes, right? Right. In the flavor profile. Like, the honey is extremely sweet. We already said that in floral. The olive is more, um, it's so briny. And these olives in particular Mm -hmm. are are towards that bitter scale and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So the contrast is sort of enormous. I would, and I do agree with you that if I had shoved a piece of cheese, I feel like the cheese is the negotiator. Mm-hmm. So you could have done that with the cheese as the negotiator, the two by themselves. <laughs> Again, not disgusting, just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, what we can do is show you on this plate, right? We have nutty. So we have cheeses. They're mm-hmm. sheep's milk cheeses. Um, and um, and then with those sheep's milk cheeses, we can highlight something sweet. Something nutty, something sour and spicy, okay, really salty. Um, so the only thing we really don't have on this plate is umami in a pairing, and I would say the cheese brings some of that umami, especially that one hundred percent eighteen. The honey month. has umami. It does. Okay, especially the raw honey. Yes, one hundred percent. The cheese was the negotiator. Oh, so I did again. <laughs> <laughs> but I did what you said, and I oh. put a piece of cheese in. So I did olive, honey, and then first machego, the baby machego. Oh. I think I'm leaving out the end entirely. I just called it, oh, I called it Machego. <laughs> That's right. Other Man people use two ends, so they, you know, you're evening out the world you by go. only using no ends. But that was a great example, actually, of how cheese can create a bridge for different foods that are unexpected, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I didn't tell people this, um, and I apologize to those of you who've been listening, because I'm sure I've said it once or twice on the podcast, which is... So when people ask me about wine, like, what wine should we pair? We tell you wines on your Mm -hmm. little card that you get with your box that you can have 
these wines should go with it. So, for example, the both the Manchegos have the same um, have the same. Actually, all three wines fall. Sorry, all three cheeses fall into the friendly and flexible category, which means you should be able to drink a sparkling wine, a rich white, which would be like a Chardonnay. If you want a non-oaked Chardonnay, a light red, medium red, bold red, or a dessert wine. Interesting. With these. But not everybody likes all those wines. So some people do not like sparkling wine. Some people do not like Chardonnay. Some, some people, people do are not crazy. like red wine. Who does not like sparkling wine? And what I is wrong with you? I don't know. But um, I mean, I don't should. like wine, but I will drink a sparkling <laughs> wine. I I am a I don't know. I feel like it's like it's a party in a glass. So what we want you to do is look at this and go, oh well, I'm a light red drinker. So and it's on this list, so I'm going to do that. But if you didn't have this list and it's just a cheese plate and you're at your friends and they're like, do you want a glass of this or this? Pick the one you like. Mm-hmm. Go start eating the cheese. You will find some of them you're like, this doesn't taste good together. Don't eat that anymore. But usually the things you like go with the things you like. That is, I, I mean, I think the lesson here, which is so important and, and we all need to take it, is I, I think we get afraid that there's a right and a wrong, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to wine with stuff. But even sometimes I think people, you see it in your store all the time, mm-hmm. people get paralyzed with yep. choice. And there's a Definitely. belief that there's a way you're supposed to. <laughs> yep. Like, shouldn't a plate have a soft cheese and a hard cheese and a this cheese? And it's like, no. You should put what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You should make sure that things sort of generally coordinate. But again, like, you have to trust yourself in that way. And that's really hard to do, but it's important. It is. You know, so we do a class called um, Cheese Plate. What's your cheese plate personality? You come in and we give you, like, a BuzzFeed-like quiz. Hmm. And at the end, we can tell you what kind of cheese plate you should make. And those kinds of cheese plates could be, like, a hero cheese plate, which means you're only going to get one cheese, and it could be a really nice cheese. We have something in the store called Harbison, which won Best Cheese in America at the American Cheese Society um, out of 2,000 cheeses. Um, and it's a little brie style. You cut off the top. It's wrapped in spruce that holds it all together because it's, like, dippable. You can dip I want that into it. We'll do that. I want Next that. game night. There you go. Um, it's really, really good. And um, what I... I like about it is it's a showy piece, right? Like if you cut, you just like, it's like a little pot of melted fondue, but you didn't have to heat it up or do mm. anything. So what I like to do is just put a bunch of things to pair with that. And that's my cheese plate. It's one cheese and things to pair with it. Yum. Um, or you could be the person who's like more is more. And then you need meat and pickles and this and that and that and that. And probably you have half of those things in your refrigerator because you bought them all last time and you don't need a whole jar of 10 things. You need a little bit of 10 things. Um, and that's really fun. I think it's sort of like, you go out for Indian food and you get the plate with a little bit of everything or the when you go out for Korean. Oh, yeah. We went to an Indian buffet last weekend oh. and I was like, yes, it's my dream. A little nice. bit of everything. I, that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so anyways, it's it's a lot of great things. Anything else you want to um, pair, pair together, together before we sign off for this week? Uh, this you know, month? I was going to say, I think the two most extreme flavored things on this plate, other than like obviously the honey and the mm-hmm. olives which we already talked about, is the two contrasts are going to be the aged Mm-hmm. manchego mm-hmm. and the olives mm-hmm. right that's going to be the hardest contrast so mm-hmm. for me i wonder if that will be a salt bomb attack mm-hmm. or if it will be okay yeah what do you think well i have stuffed an olive with both of those cheeses mm-hmm. while we were talking. and i like them both um but you do get a different taste right because we get that mm-hmm. sort of um sour cream taste um sort of a tangy milky taste in the one i feel like the aged manchego you know how you said like something's emphasized and something's contrast. Yep. So it's like the 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 olive and the aged manchego 
emphasize each other. So you mm-hmm. sort of get each flavor amplified. Right. Whereas if you pair like the Asian Manchego with the honey, in some ways they sort of dampen each other mm-hmm. so that it's a combination of the two flavors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like color mixing, right? Mm-hmm. Right? If Very you put much. a red and an orange, you know, versus if you put a red and a green, like what happens? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. Yum. Cheese forever. Mm, so fascinating. All righty. Um, any other questions you have for me this week about cheese? Um, I do. I'm wondering, is it, I'm assuming it's much easier to ship hard cheeses, which is why we do a lot of hard cheeses. It is easier to ship hard cheeses, most definitely. And, um, and part of that is, again, because of the, the wetter, the moister the cheeses, so the fresher the cheeses, you can mm-hmm. use all those terms, but um, the more perishable it is, the more um, temperature adverse it is. It doesn't like to change temperatures a lot. It wants to get to the temperature and stay there and be eaten. Um, so hard cheese definitely travels better because you have aged it right, um, or cooked it or done the things to get more moisture out of it. So it's more friendly that way. But it's so interesting because I have to say, as a person who previously would have said I only eat soft cheeses mm-hmm. when given the choice, I can't believe how creamy and sort of flavorful mm-hmm. so many of these hard cheeses are. It is amazing to me every month how, like, it the cheese plate... The cheeses look kind of the same. They look like they're, you know, like know, white really or like yellow squares of something. They but so then do. they taste like it, it really blows my mind every single month how different it is. Excellent. I can't wait till next yeah. month. And on that note, we're going to sign off. But before we do, you can follow Julie at What Julie Eats. Um, you can follow our um, our lovely nut, both our um, so the people that bring it in and the people that make it. So Zeba Foods. And um, at Philosophy Foods, um, both great places, great food to check out. You can check out our olives at Tessera, T-E-S-S-E-R-A underscore foods, all these food people. And you can do at Atlas underscore eats. And you can follow Curdbox at Curdbox um, or our store at Curds and Co. And you can check out our Kickstarter if you hear this this week. It will be going up very soon. You can help us get curd box all over the country and good good cheese to people who don't want to eat boring. So thank you for coming, Julie, and we'll see you next month. And we'll talk to you all next month.